0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. And last night, I had the pleasure of drafting with my little brother for his home league. And when I say little brother, he's a sophomore in high school, so it's not like I'm literally taking little kids' lunch money. They're 15, 16 years old. It was on ESPN. Obviously, being the best big brother in the world, I drafted him an absolute behemoth. Just look at this squad. We got. We started our first four picks with Kamara ridley justin jefferson joe mixon it was a 10, 10 team league but we just absolutely wiped the floor with that league and the craziest thing is is the wild adp values you see later on in that draft i got rondale moore super late i got terrace marshall super late we see some wild values at adp and it makes me remember that like when we're in this and you know we're we're all decently sharp we're in the dynasty community we're playing fantasy all year round when we go back to our home leagues and play with either your work buddies, you know the guys you hang out at the water cooler with, or your boys from buddies from high school—that's what my home league is. Your buddies from college—it's a lot softer. Not not a lot of them know those the, the the names of the younger players. Like last year, I called out Antonio Gibson, Brandon Ayuk. You know, shameless self plug. Those are two of my biggest calls I've ever had, and I was saying those are guys you need to target in your home leagues because they're going way too late in these ESPN, Yahoo, fantasy football drafts. So today after looking at that espn adp from yesterday hopping in a draft of my little brother i wanted to hop on here and give a breakdown of which players at each position i think are going egregiously too low in espn fantasy drafts and if you guys like this video this gets i don't know like 100 likes i'll i'll do another one of these but for yahoo now without further ado let's go (laughs) thirsty thirsty trying to choose i mean i know cool. am now first up we're going to talk about trey sermon he is going off the board we're going to use underdog adp there's people on there using real money it's the sharpest adp out there so if you're going to hop on and do mock drafts and you want to get better go on to underdog fantasy football use code ron when you deposit ten dollars you get twenty five dollars for free you can hop in like seven drafts you can see who the sharks are actually taking like i said trey sermon is going to the 702 is the rb27 On ESPN, he is going as the 12-12 as the RB40. That's just a casual five rounds of value there. Nothing nothing crazy. And again, these rookies are going to be wild values in your home league. Trey Sermon has no business going in the 12th round of a fantasy football league. And I don't even love Trey Sermon. I wasn't high on Trey Sermon coming out. But the 12th round, this was a running back handpicked by Kyle Shanahan in the third round of the NFL draft. And he has some crazy upside in year one he's a perfect target if you're doing like that hero rb build and you're in a home league you could even just kick the can and do zero rb and have trey sermons your rb1 I, I wouldn't even hate doing that he's shown that he could have some huge games in college he had 300 rushing yards against northwestern and then he also ran for 193 against clemson you know not just some random team literally clemson and the film guys seemed to love him and i and as a guy that kind of leaned towards analytics i like especially with the running backs or the skill position guys when they kind of align and they, they see something that I don't see. Cause I'll, I'll buy into that, especially for a redraft and we when we're investing short-term and we don't have to give a premium pick. I, I'm down to say, you know what, if you guys think he's good between the tackles, let's ride with it. Cause the 49ers running back backfield, that situation is crazy for running backs. And we just want to take a stab at it. I saw this stat on Twitter by at the FF realist over the last two seasons, the 49ers backfield are one of only three backfields to average 30 or more touches on a per game basis. Over the last two seasons, they are only one of two backfields to finish in the top five in fantasy points by the running back position. So teams usually draft running backs to replace their older running backs. When you have a spot like the 49ers, when they have all of these fantasy points to give to their running backs, they just kind of, you know, s- split it around between a bunch of running backs where there's a committee, but they kind of ride the hot hand. Moster has had fantasy-relevant weeks. Jarek McKinnon had a couple good spike weeks last year. I remember starting Jamichael Hasty in a couple weeks. Trey Sermon is brought in by Kyle Shannon to be that guy. I know they have Raheem Mostert, but there's a chance that he brought him in to be their number one guy. When you spend a third round draft pick on him and Raheem Mostert, you know, he's getting a little bit older. I wanna say he's like 28, 29. He wasn't spent a, highly, a high draft pick by the 49ers. They don't have a lot invested into him. We wanna take that shot on Trey Sermon late because that has a lot of upside. We also haven't seen it yet. We don't actually know how good he is. He could go out there and just be an absolute dog. The analytics don't really love him, but we also didn't love Chase Claypool. And he went out in year one and then absolutely crushed it. And what gets me really excited about Trey Sermon is that he fits this late round running back breakout criteria that JJ Zacharyson talked about on his podcast and he said that late round running backs you know or or like late to mid round running backs like past like in like the seven to ten round range when there's an RB1 that's going in that range and then an RB2 close behind him so like maybe one running back in the seventh one running back in the ninth that RB1 that's going in the seventh is the guy who usually breaks out big and that's exactly where Trey Sermon's going so he goes ahead of uh, Mostert on underdog And that makes him a great pick because you're getting him at a discount in your home league. He's a rookie. He has that upside. And then he also has that criteria that JJ Zacharyson outlined. Next up, I want to talk about Trey Lance. And I think he's the perfect late round QB candidate on ESPN. He's going on ESPN at the 1409 as the QB 22 right now. And on underdog, he's going at the 1005 as the QB 13. We're getting four rounds of value here because he's a rookie. People don't actually know who he is but this is gonna be a common theme. These rookies and second year players are gonna be massive values in your home league because the casual football fan doesn't keep up with the draft. They don't keep up with the new names. And let's talk about Trey Lance because he has the ability to just go crazy this year. And I have been, you know, I have been a big Justin Fields guy all offseason. I've been banging the drum for Justin Fields. The thing is, Justin Fields actually goes ahead of Trey Lance on ESPN and he's kind of the consensus. He's like the QB 18, so he's not as great as a value. The thing about Trey Lance is he's that perfect Konami code QB you know, that guy who who rushes for a lot of yards, gives you the rushing yards, the rushing touchdowns. And he had 1100 rushing yards and 14 TDs in 16 games, which is wild. And to put that in perspective, Kyler Murray, another quarterback, that's that Konami code guy that rushes for a lot of yards in the NFL. He had 1000 yards and 12 touchdowns in his one year as a starter. So right about even 1000 yards, 12 plus touchdowns, he has that kind of fantasy upside. And we want those Konami code rushing upside QBs because one rushing touchdown is six points. And one passing touchdown is four points. And I think one rushing yard is like 0.1 points. And I wanna say one passing yards like 0.04 points. So you wanna have as much rushing from these quarterbacks, especially from the late quarterbacks. It can make up for anything that Trey Lance is lacking in passing upside through rushing. That's how Jalen Hurts, a guy that was passing at like under 60% completion percentage and wasn't that great, was a, was a QB one in fantasy in his three starts because his rushing upside was just so crazy. And on that note, trey lance could just be a really good passer in the nfl in his first year he threw for 28 touchdowns and no interception in that one season where he's a a full starter he goes third overall selected by kyle shanahan and he's surrounded by a great offensive line he has george Kittle, debo samuel brandon Ayuk to throw to he's just got a lot of weapons and it really just comes down to trey lance how many games he's going to start he would probably be in like high stakes leagues like a top 10 top eight quarterback if you knew he was going to start week one And I think that he's going to start sooner rather than later. In a recent Roto World blurb, they said Lance has reportedly outperformed the veteran in camp as well, attacking the team's defense at every level of the field, including on the ground. All signs point to the rookie transitioning into a featured role much earlier than San Francisco's week six bye. So you're going to get him. I mean, obviously this isn't gospel like it's not a lot he's gonna be the starting quarterback by the week six by but i think that that's probably about right i'd say probably he he sits out the first three four five six games but calon's already seen what he's gotten from jimmy garoppolo that, that's a known commodity at this point and jimmy garoppolo has been holding the offense back they made that super bowl run and jimmy garoppolo still couldn't make it happen i think trey lance gets in sooner rather than later i would grab trey lance in like the 13th round of your home league and then i would maybe pair him up with like a Kirk cousins a Derek carr you know one of those ryan fitzpatrick one of those unsexy quarterbacks that you can stream for the first couple weeks and then you get trey lance to come in there and just absolutely light it up for you that brings us to our wide receiver on this list and it's my boy T. Higgins. I didn't even know that this was happening. I didn't know the kind of disrespect that we're seeing for T. Higgins. Don't get me wrong, I love Brandon Ayuk, but they have Brandon Ayuk ahead of T. Higgins on ESPN ADP, and that's kind of what it looks like on ESPN ADP. I've seen that on sleeper ADP. I love Brandon Ayuk, but saying for redraft, he's a better option than T. Higgins is wild. He's going at the 6'10, T. Higgins, the 6'10 as the wide receiver 31 on ESPN underdog has him as the 410 as the wide receiver 22 that's much more reasonable T Higgins is my favorite wide receiver target this year and it's pretty wild you can get him in the late six on ESPN I'm actually higher than underdog ADP underdog ADP has him in, in the late fourth like I said I have him as a late third that's how much I love T Higgins now let's look back at why I'm in love with T Higgins and what he did in year one he was the wide receiver 27 through nine games with Joe Burrow on pace for 76 catches 1118 yards and seven touchdowns over that span. That's pretty good for a rookie. And literally, if he did just that at the wide receiver 31 price tag, he would pay off at his ESPN ADP. He would be the wide receiver 27. But as we know, here's the thing you can't just copy and paste what rookie wide receivers did last year to the next year because we know those sophomore wide receivers they see a big bump in year two. And I know they brought in Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins is going to get his in 2021. I think it's going to be T Higgins as the alpha in 2020, and then probably the passing of the torch to Jamar Chase in 2021. But I still think T Higgins is going to be great. And T Higgins had a 20.2% target share last year as a rookie. We know that usually jumps up in year two. I think that he'll be in the 25% target share range in year two. And we're going to expect to see T Higgins to improve. And this offense is going to be really modern. Zach Taylor loves to pick up the pace, run high tempo, and get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. They passed the ball last year at the fourth highest rate in neutral game scripts which means that the Cincinnati Bengals passing the ball a bunch last year wasn't garbage time, you know, them being down by a lot of points and having a bad defense. It's because that's Zach Taylor's scheme. Zach Taylor wants to pass the ball. He wants to run at a fast pace. And that's why Burrow had 40.4 pass attempts per game, which at a 17 game pace, we're looking at 689 targets. So at a 20% target share, just what T Higgins had last year, that put him at 137 targets, which is eight targets per game, which would have been the wide receiver 17 in 2020. Then if we bump that up to 25% target share, which I think is his ceiling, we'd be looking at 172 targets or 10.1 targets per game, which would have been the wide receiver four in 2020. His floor is top 24 wide receiver. You're getting him an ESPN as a wide receiver three. And if he gets that target boost, if he gets that target share increase because he's a a solid player, he's a skilled player. He also could be more efficient because Jamar Chase could take, you know, some of that lid off the defense where the safeties are are kind of shifting towards him. And you have a healthy Tyler Board and a a healthy Joe Burrow, You could see some crazy things. If you give 10.1 targets per game to T. Higgins, we're looking at a top 12 wide receiver there, which is crazy upside. Then our last target of the day, is Tyler Higby. I just ended up drafting this team for my little brother, or I've ended up drafting this player for my little brother. Tyler Higby, I don't even like that much, but on underdog, he's going at the 905 as the tight end eight. He's a top 10 tight end. He is going on ESPN at the 1401 as the tight end 17. This one's wild. We're literally getting a top 10 tight end in the 14th round. In ESPN, most of these leagues are, are 15, 16 rounds. And this is another case of that video I made last week or two weeks ago where I talked about how players can burn us, but it doesn't really matter. A a, a player burning you last year doesn't really affect affect you in that next coming year. And I think that that's what we're seeing with Tyler Higbee. And I get that we're coming off a down year in 2020. He didn't look great. He was like the tight end 22 or something pretty bad, but he was just a tight end 10 in 2019, which isn't bad at all. You know, that's startable. And in 2020, I don't think it was too much of a talent slash like efficiency type of problem. I think that it was a volume problem. The Rams didn't pass as much with golf. They kind of relied on the run game with Cam Akers. And Gerald Everett also took a lot of targets away. He was playing as that second tight end in that, that 12 personnel type set. Gerald Everett ended up taking away 62 targets, which is a lot for tight ends. And then you have Tyler Higby, who despite a, a down year, he was still really efficient. He was 7th in yards per target. He was 11th in yards per route run. Being top 12 in those, but then finishing outside the top 20 tight ends in fantasy points per game is a good sign. So then we know that he's still efficient. The talent is still somewhat there. Obviously, I know Tyler Higby is in some some god at tight end, but that's still that's still pretty good. Now he comes into an improved situation. They bring in Matthew Stafford. He's going to replace Jared Goff. There's going to be much more efficient offense. They're going to pass it deeper. They're going to score more touchdowns. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful offense. Lock it in for top five scoring offense. Sean McFay is going to get that ship going. Then you have Gerald Everett leaving. Gerald Everett goes to the Seahawks. There's no backup tight end i'm scared about i mean jacob harris is is interesting in uh, la but i think that's more of a dynasty stash because those guys that convert from wide receiver to tight end they're usually projects so it's going to take a while darren waller it didn't happen until like his fifth sixth year now i know that he did have you know his problems or his off the field problems but the point stands true you're not going to really see a rookie wide receiver to tight end like converted guy just go off in year one and eat Tyler Higby's lunch money. So I think with Everett gone, with Stafford in, I think that Higby can finish as a back end tight end one. I have him as like my tight end nine, tight end 10. And if you can get him a, a tight end 17 price tag as like one of your last picks in the draft, that's a huge steal. And a crazy stat that I found is the splits with Higby, with Gerald Everett playing and with Gerald Everett not playing. In the five games that Higby has played without Gerald Everett since 2019, He has scored 23.2 points per game, averaging 7.8 catches per game and 94 receiving yards per game in that span. Now, I don't expect him to be that because that would be literally outscoring Travis Kelsey, but it's a positive sign. It means that he plays better when Gerald Everett's gone, then you bring in Matthew Stafford. I think Tyler Higby is gonna be a great value. And if you can get him late in your fantasy leagues on ESPN, on Yahoo or whatever, that's a great steal. Cause then you can, maybe you can wait on that elite tight end, you know, instead of having to pay up for a Waller Kittle early, you can take a Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins in that spot, and then you can just get Higbee later on. Now that's gonna do it for today. Let me know if there's any values like crazy values you've been seeing on espn or yahoo make sure you go give the, the video a like if this video does well if we get like a thousand views on it i'll i'll come out and do a yahoo one or a sleeper one whatever you guys want to see i'm just not sure if this is something that's really interesting to you guys but yeah man today's a big day this is the day of the live draft that we're going to be doing for the channel. Now, this, this video is gonna come out for another like 10 to 14 days. So don't get too excited, it's not gonna come out until we're, the, the aiming date is gonna be not this Sunday, but the Sunday after that. I'm getting all my high school buddies, we're meeting up, we're doing a live draft, so that should be really fun. I figured I'd, I'd record a video before I go to give you guys for this week. Make sure you go down below. Subscribe, leave a like, I don't know if I said that already. Follow me at ronstore on, on Twitter. Make sure you go down below, join the Discord. We're going to be running redraft leagues in there, like subscriber redraft leagues in there very soon. Probably literally this week. Now, I love you guys. Let's go win this chip. Let's go draft a super team. Let's go. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean I know I'm pretty cool. My nitty babe, my kitty bulls I got the juice, I got the juice. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my